8 this morning. Romans chapter 8. We're going to be right at the end. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Give everybody a second to turn there. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, and we'll read through the end of the chapter. Now, throughout this chapter, Paul has been talking about the Holy Spirit, that, that we who are in Jesus Christ have received the Holy Spirit, that there is no condemnation in us in Christ, that Jesus didn't come to condemn us, but that he come to save us, and he did just that. And when Jesus gave his life on the cross and was resurrected, when he ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we have this hope. We long for what is to come, for the return of Jesus Christ. And not only us, Paul said in Romans 8, but also all of creation groans, waiting for the day for restoration to take place. And one day that restoration is going to take place. God is going to uh, bring us a new heavens and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth will pass away. And a restoration will come. As those who are in Christ Jesus, they will receive blessings and an eternal life with God. And for those who are not in Christ Jesus will be uh, doomed to an eternity apart from God. And so uh, Paul had been talking, kind of leading up to this, really about the Holy Spirit and about the strength and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And he says here in verse 31, What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Now, that's a powerful statement for us to really to really set up camp on for a few minutes and think about. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, what Paul is essentially reminding us of here is that God is for us. Now, if we read the scripture, then that should be obvious to us. But there may be times in our life that we begin to question that, that we begin to doubt that. Is God really for us? Now, when things are going good, we don't doubt God. We don't question God. But when things begin to go bad in our life, when it seems like one bad thing happens after another, things that happen to us personally, things that happen to our family, things that happen to our friends, things that happen in our world, we may, uh, sometimes people will look at the Lord and say, boy, is, is God really there? Does God really care? Is God really for me? Now, some people would even view God as being one who's against them. They say, boy, God is a God who wants to see me fail. There's all these things that we're supposed to do to, uh, to, to, to be good that God calls us to do, the things that God wants us to do, and these things are too hard. These are things that we cannot do, things that we cannot carry out. And, boy, God is a God of punishment. And does God even want me to succeed? Does God really care? Is God really for me, or is God a God who just simply wants me to fail? Now, sometimes the devil will tempt us with those thoughts. He can't tempt us with us when we're walking close to the Lord and everything's going good. But, boy, when things begin to go bad in our life, he can begin to put those doubts in our mind. Does God really love you? Does God really care for you? Is God really for you? If God was really for you, would all of these things be happening? Well, the truth is that God is for us. And if we read through Scripture, we should see that truth clearly. And when we have those doubts in our mind, we need to go back to Scripture. When we begin to wonder and think, boy, is God really for me? Does God really care about me? Does God really love me? Well, if those doubts ever come into your mind, if those temptations are ever uh, put into your mind by the enemy, 
Well, we need to go back to God's Word, and we need to look at passages like this that tell us, if God is for us, who can be against us? So God is not against us. He is definitely for us. And if God is indeed for us, once we come to that realization, we realize that there is no one or nothing that can come against us, no one or nothing that can do anything to us that can separate us from God, that will separate God from us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, how do we know that God is for us? How can we be sure that God is for us? Even when things are going bad, even if things aren't going like we think they should, even if things are going horrible, time and time again in our life, how can we know and be assured that God is for us? Well, Paul tells us in the next verse, in verse 32. He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Now, here is the evidence and the proof that we can know that God is for us. That he did not spare his own son, but he gave him for us. Now, this is the evidence that we can know without a doubt that the love that God has for us is a real, genuine, and serious love. Now, think about this for a second. If you have children, what would it take for you to give up your child? What would it take for you to say, all right, I'm going to give my child so that this can happen? What would it take for you to give up your child? Well, the answer to that is probably nothing. I can't imagine that any parent alive would say, yep, there is this thing that I'm willing to give up my child for. You would really have to love someone or something to be able to give up a child. And so when we see in Scripture that it tells us that God gave us His one and only Son in Jesus Christ, that He did not even spare His own Son so that we could be forgiven, well, there's our first good clue and strong evidence that God does love us. God wasn't just doing that for fun. He didn't say, well, let me just send my only begotten Son to die on the cross for fun. That's not the way God works. That would be a cruel and harsh God if that's the God we serve. But God wasn't just doing something for fun when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. God sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven of all the sins that we do. Now, if that's not a beautiful definition of love, then I don't know what is. If that's not proof that God wouldn't give his, his most beloved uh, son for the forgiveness of our sins, if that's not proof that God loves us, well, then I don't know what greater proof that, that, that we, we could find. There is none. There is no greater proof than what we see in Scripture. There is no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Now, not only did, did God give his son, but, but the son, Jesus Christ, gave his own life willingly. He wasn't forced by the Father to give his life, but Jesus Christ willingly gave his life so that we could be forgiven. The evidence is, is, is strong when we look in Scripture that God does love us, that God has done everything that he could not to see us fail, that it's not God's desire to punish us, but it's God's desire to deliver us from our sins. And he has done all he has done that he could do, all the way up to the point that he did not spare his only son. If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, how do we know God is for us? He gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Let's read on a little further. Verse 33. Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. But even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Now, the first strong evidence that we have and know that God is for us is that he sent his only begotten son to die for us so that we could be forgiven. The second evidence that we have that God is for us and that God loves us is that he has not destroyed us. God could have destroyed you and I at any time, and deservingly so. Think of all the wickedness and the evil that we have done in our life. We've done a lot, and we're going to do a lot more probably before we leave this world if we're alive for long enough. And God knew all of those things about you. Who can bring an accusation against you? Who can go before God and say, let me tell you about Shan and what he did? And God say, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know he did that. Well, I would have never sent Jesus to die for him if I knew he was going to do that. There's no accusation that can be brought against us before God that God does not already know. God already knew everything that you have done and will do for the rest of your life. But yet he still sent his son to die for you so that you could be forgiven. Now, does that seem like a God who is against you? Does that seem like a God who wants to make you fail? Does that seem like a God who does not love you? No. The Bible is clear in everything we see that God has done everything he possibly can for us, to deliver us, to take care of us, to provide for us, to see that our sins were forgiven. And there's no accusation that can be brought against us. Everything that we have ever done, God knew we were going to do it. There's nothing that catches God by surprise. Even though the devil may try to bring an accusation against us, guess what? He's going to fail because God already knows everything that we have done. The devil tried to bring accusations against Job. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, the devil tries to bring accusations night and day before the believers. But the believers overcame the, the devil and his accusations. They conquered him, it says in Revelation 12, verse 11, by the blood of the Lamb. Well, the devil's trying to accuse us. I can, I can kind of picture that. I can kind of imagine in my mind what it looks like. I can imagine the devil is so full of hatred and anger standing before God, and he's so angry that God loves us who put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and he's standing before God saying, but look at what he did. But look at what she did. You're going to still love them? But nothing that the devil can accuse us of. Nothing that can be brought against us. God already knows about it all. There's nothing that God doesn't know. There's no accusation that can be brought against us. Now, if God has, if he knew everything that you had ever done and will do, and he still chose to love you anyway, well, what does that say about it? Does that say that he's a God who's out to get you? Or does that say that he's a God who loves you? Well, I think it's pretty evident that he's a God who loves you. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, someone may would die. Someone may possibly would die. Very rarely for a righteous person. But Christ died for us while we were still helpless. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Paul said. So nothing that we do is a surprise to God. And as bad as we are, and as wicked as we are in our sin, God said, I still love you anyway. Jesus said, even though you were helpless and hopeless and a wretched sinner, 
I'm still going to die for you anyway. He knew everything about you and he died for you. That's not a God who hates you. That's a God who loves you. That's a God who is not against you, but is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? See, that's what we have to stand on. Our faith needs to be strong enough that we need to realize and we need to know no matter what happens in our life that God is for us. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God is for us. He's for you. No matter what you go through, no matter how good the day may be or how bad the day may be, no matter what may happen to you or your family or your friends, no matter what may happen in this world, as bad as it may be, we cannot forget the truth of Paul's words that God is for us. He is not against us. He is for us and he is with us. And if God is with us, if God is for us, then who can be against us? The very one who could have accused us, the very one who could have sentenced us to death, the very one who could strike us dead right now because of our sinfulness, should he have chosen to. He could have done it. But the very one who could have condemned us instead intercedes for us. In verse 34, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. If God wasn't for us, he could have destroyed us a thousand times over if he wanted to. But more evidence that God is for us. More evidence that God is not against us. More evidence that God does love us. He's still patient with us. The very one who had the power to condemn you, the very one who had the power to judge you and could have pronounced you guilty while he walked the earth thousands of years ago. The very one who had the power to condemn you instead died for you. That's not a God who is against you. That is a God who is for you. And the very one who could have condemned you instead intercedes for you, Paul said. Jesus says in John uh, 3.17, Look, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He could have. He could condemn the world. He had the power to, the very Son of God. All things are through Him, in Him, by Him, for Him. Jesus could have said, You know what? I'm passing judgment right now. You're done. But the very one who could have condemned you, instead interceded for you. That is, he's at the right hand of God saying, God, this one is covered by my precious blood. When the devil brings an accusation against us, Jesus intercedes for us and says, I'm taking care of this one. This one's mine. This one is trusted in me. This is the one who I have died for. I'm for this one. I'm with this one. And Jesus is there on our behalf. And we have been covered by his blood. The very one who could have condemned us is the very one who intercedes for us. Does that sound like a God who was against you? Nope. That sounds like a God to me that loves you. So we have to be on guard because, boy, the devil, he will tempt us. Now, it may be easy for us to say today if everything's going pretty good in our life and we're sitting in this building, everybody's happy, we're praising the Lord, everything's good. It may be easy for us today to say, you know what, I will never doubt the Lord. I will never question the Lord. No matter what happened in my life, I will never give up on God. But we've got to be careful. We have to be on guard. We have to build ourselves up. We have to be strong in the faith. 
Because there are some strong Christian men and women throughout the years. And boy, they thought they could stand. Only to find that when they were shaking, it wasn't quite as easy as they thought it would be. And we're no better than any other man or woman who's ever lived. There may be things in our life that just keep pounding us, that keep hitting us, that keep uh, just bad thing, one bad thing after another. Or we may begin, if we let our guard down and give the devil a foothold, he may begin to put that doubt in there. Does God really love you? Is God really for you? Would a God who loves you allow you to go through all of this stuff? Maybe he's already put some of those thoughts in some of your minds today. But when we see those doubts, when we, when we know that they're in our mind, we need to turn to scriptures like this, and we need to see that there is evidence after evidence after evidence throughout all of God's Word that tell us and show us and prove to us that no, God does not hate us. God is not against us. God does not desire to see us fail, but God is for us. God loves us, and He has done everything He can to see that we succeed and that we are delivered and that we find salvation in Jesus Christ. So we need to stand on guard. We need to be strong. We need to see words like these. And we need to know that we know that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we serve a God who is for us. Let's read a little further. Verse 35. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now, Think about that for a second. The love of Christ. Here's what we see all throughout the New Testament in particular. We saw how Jesus uh, dealt with people, how he taught people, how he loved on people, how it was genuine. And, and probably everybody in this room has experienced love. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never experienced that love. I hope all of you have, but maybe you haven't. But even if you haven't experienced that love, I would say probably everybody in this room has experienced some love. A real love, a love for a spouse, a love for a child, a love for a family member, a love for a friend. Now, what can compare to love? Well, I don't believe that there is anything that can compare to love. Because when we are around and with people who we love, there's a certain security that comes with that. There's a certain peace that comes with that. There's a certain joy that comes with that. I think that's why it's so hard for us when people we love pass away. Because, boy, we have those feelings with those we love. That joy and that peace and that security that we have. That God gives us these earthly relationships. And when we lose those that we love, it's very difficult. Because we see the power of love. And we know that when things get bad, when things are horrible, we know that the best place we can go is to somebody that we love. When things are bad in our life, we're not comforted by our things, by our worldly possessions. We're not comforted if we have a fancy house or a bank account full of money or a nice car. When things in our life are really bad, they, those types of things don't bring us comfort. But I'll tell you what does bring us comfort. It's people we love. When we are surrounded with people we love, with our spouse or our children or our families or our church family, when we feel that love in our, in, our, in our most troubling times, that brings us comfort. That brings us security. And here Paul talks about the love of Christ. 
Now, that's a far greater love than anything that we experience in this world. As great as our love is for our family and friends here, how much greater is the love that Jesus Christ has for us and the love that we should have for Him? And if we can find joy and peace and security and encouragement in the love that we have for one another, how much more can we find in Jesus Christ who loved us enough who gave His life for us? And so this is what we really desire in life is love, even if we don't always realize it. This is what our real desire is because this is where we find that peace and security that we really want. We find it in love. We find it in the love of Jesus Christ. And so this is where as Christians we should desire to be, we should strive to be, and we long to be for all of eternity is in the love of Jesus Christ. Now Paul says, what can separate us from that love? If we know that God is for us, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if we know that anything we go through, God is going to be with us, He's going to help us through it, if the one who has died for us is interceding for us instead of condemning us, and we are in His love, if we are in that love and experiencing that love and that joy and that security, then what can separate us from that? Or maybe better put, what should you be afraid of? What, what is there to be afraid of if we are in God through Jesus Christ and God is for us, who can be against us? If we are in God, what do we have to worry about? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, can any of those things separate from the love of God? Now, he uses these things because these are things that sometimes Christians have to go through. These are some of the hard times that we have to experience. Yes, we have affliction. We have anguish. There are famines that come. There are dangers that are around us. Swords come in our life. That is people trying to kill us, perhaps, sometimes. These are things that we face. Paul is telling us these things because we need to know as Christians, you may face these things. But even when you face these things, God is for you. Even when you face these things, Jesus loves you. Even when you face these things, know that God is not going to abandon you. You will remain in the love of Jesus Christ if you keep your faith in Him. That there is nothing that is going to come that can separate God's love for you. Let's read the next verse, verse 36. As it is written... Because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. Now here Paul is quoting a, uh, one of the Psalms. And he says, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Well, that sounds pretty tough, right? Those things we just read sounded pretty tough. But man, sheep to be slaughtered. This is strong language. Uh, Paul is saying all these things uh, to prepare the reader, to prepare the Christian to say, okay, hard times are going to come. But when those hard times come, don't think that God has given up on you. Don't think that God does not love you. Don't think that God does not care about you. But know that God is for you because hard times, Paul says, are going to come. We are being put to death all day long. Now, we're fortunate 
here in the United States. And sometimes we may be a little blinded as to what's going on in the rest of the world. Because we live, even as bad as things may be sometimes in our country, we live, I believe, probably in the best country in the world. And if we don't ever leave this country, we may not see the things that go on in the rest of the world. We may not be aware that there is great persecution among Christians in our world. But if you are unaware of that today, I want to tell you that that is the case. That the very thing that Paul is speaking of here is happening in our world every day. That there are Christians who are being imprisoned, they are being beaten, they are being persecuted, and they are being killed. Every day, there are Christians in the world who are being killed for no other reason than they have said, Jesus Christ is my Savior. That's it. That's the only reason. Now, we are fortunate in this country that most of us have probably never experienced any kind of serious persecution. We may have the occasional person that may tell us we're crazy or may want to argue with us that God doesn't exist or God isn't real and all this stuff. We may have some people sometimes that may come against us in that way, but most of us probably haven't experienced any serious persecution. But the day may come that we might, just as it is for many of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world today. And should those times ever come in our life, we need to be reminded of these very words of Paul. That no matter what happens in our life, no matter how bad things may be, that Jesus is for us. Jesus told his disciples, he said, look, if they do these things to me, they're going to do them to you. And we may not even be aware that in the world that there are people who are doing all of these things to followers of Jesus Christ, but they are. And one day we could be one of those people. And when those days come, should they come, we need to know that God is for us. That just because bad things happen does not mean that God is not there with us. Now what I wish I could tell you this morning, I wish I could tell you that everything in life is great whenever you become a Christian. That once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that God is going to fill your bank account and He is going to make you healthy. And He's never going to give you a hard time. And you will never be sorrowful for anything. And your faith will be strong. And you will sin less. And that everything in your life would be great when you come to Jesus Christ. I would love to tell you that if that were true. But that is not true. And that is not at all what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says just the opposite. The Bible says that those who are in Christ... Be ready, because hard times are going to come. But we must stand firm when the hard times come. We can't pretend as though that everything is going to be perfect when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. That's when things are going to be difficult. It's hard to live for Jesus sometimes. It's hard when we know the right thing to do to do it, because sometimes we want to do the wrong thing because it's easier. It may be hard when people come against us and things get difficult. Boy, we got scripture after scripture after scripture that tell us to stand firm. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep trusting in God. Even Jesus himself tells us, look, all right, it's going to be tough, but don't give up. Keep standing. Keep fighting. Keep living for me. 
So when hard times come in our life, we need to remember verses like these, that God is still with us. He says in verse 37, Now in all these things, we are more than victorious through Him who loved us. Now, that's similar language to what we see in Revelation chapter 12. That the accuser, Satan, accuses us before God night and day, but we are able to overcome those accusations. We are able to be victorious, it says. Same language that we see here in this passage. And how in Revelation 12, verse 11, are we victorious? We are victorious by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome anything that comes against us if we are in Jesus Christ. We are victorious. That does not mean that we won't experience hard times. That does not even mean that our enemies may not take our very life in this world because they do sometimes. But even should our life be lost for Jesus Christ, we gain life with Him because we are victorious over our enemies. We will be victorious over our dead. We will be more than conquerors through the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's pretty good stuff right there. That's pretty good stuff to know that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Now the devil doesn't want us to remember that truth. The devil wants us who are in Christ Jesus to think that God doesn't love us anymore. He won't attack you with that on a good day, but he'll sure hit you with it on a bad day. A day when you find yourself living in sin, when you've done something you shouldn't do, and maybe you've done it repeatedly, you better get ready. Because if you have never experienced those attacks, time, uh, chances are you're going to experience them at some point in time. When we begin to sin, the devil begins to say, Boy, God doesn't. He doesn't love you anymore. He blew it. He used to love you. Look at what you've done. Look at how you lived. Look at how you've acted. God doesn't love you anymore. You've really blown him now. Now that's a lie he tries to put into our minds sometimes. Now he may can fool us with his accusations. But we can stand on the truth of God's word here. That Paul has written to us today. And we can be reminded of who can accuse us before God. The devil may can make us not love ourselves. But he can't make God not love us because of our sin. Because God already knew you sinned. Jesus already knew your sin. And he already took it to the cross. If Jesus would have wanted to condemn you for your sin, he would have condemned you without going to the cross. He would have just said, you're done. I'm done. I'm going back home. But he didn't. Instead, he died for your sin. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Once you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can know that God is there for you. Now the devil may try to get you to think otherwise, but all we have to do when he comes and attacks us is to stand on the truth of God's word. 
there's no accusation he can bring against us. Yeah, he may be right. His accusation may be right that we did sin greatly. And it may be true that we sin greatly. And we should repent of that sin once we know that that's true, that we have sinned. But our sin doesn't separate us from the love of God if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Because our faith in Jesus Christ covers our sins. And there's no accusation that Satan can bring against us. Because we are overcomers. We are victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. God is for us. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words, and I pray that we would stand on the truth of these words. That God, there may be hard times in our life, and we can't think you abandoned us in those times, but we know that you're with us. And I pray that we would just stand on the truth of that, and we would uh, remember these words if, if hard times are to come in our life. God, I pray that if there's one in here or one watching online that's never accepted Jesus Christ, I pray today that they would repent, that they would know. God, that you are not against them, that you are not a God who desires to see them fail, but God, you have done everything that you possibly can to see that they are forgiven, to see that they are delivered. And God, I pray that if there are any who have never put their faith in Jesus, that today that they would follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, and follow through in baptism as he commands. God, I pray that you would help us not to wallow in our guilt and shame, dear Lord. Sometimes we do sin, and it's not good. We shouldn't be proud of it. But dear Lord, don't let the devil attack us to the point where he just gets us down and makes us feel like we're unloved and unforgiven. Dear Lord, help us to know the truth of your word. That through Jesus Christ we can be forgiven. And that our sins are not okay. That they are washed away by Jesus. And we thank you for that sacrifice he made for us. And so God, I pray that you give us strength by these words today. And I pray that you would help them to strengthen us in days to come should hard times come. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.